Is this the most pivotal free agent summer in NBA history? Is it the most important free agent summer in Dallas Mavericks history? We're going to debate that and talk about some free agents that the Mavericks should go after this summer. No, we're not beating the Kemba Walker horse to death. These are guys that haven't been talked about a whole lot, but that could make a huge impact. Let's get started. Welcome to season two of the Dallas Hoops Fancast, a podcast for Mavs fans. I'm your host, Sydney. I'm here with my co-host, Martin. Hey, guys. On this podcast, we talked about, you guessed it, the Dallas Mavericks. We're true fans. We don't work for the team or any high-profile media outlets, so we can speak our minds and we sympathize with you. You can listen weekly on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and pretty much anywhere podcasts are available. Um, also, click the link in the description or go to anchor.fm slash Dallas Hoops Fancast to send us audio comments and messages. We're going to try to incorporate a listener question every week for you guys to share your opinion on, um, but feel free to just open the app and send us a message about anything. Remember, you can follow the show on Twitter at Dallas Hoops Cast and now on Instagram at Dallas Hoops Fancast. And now you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can listen to new episodes and comment. To subscribe on YouTube, just search Dallas Hoops Fancast to find that channel. I didn't know we were on YouTube now. Yeah, we have a YouTube channel. Oh, okay. (laughs) I better subscribe to it. Yeah. So first up, this question. Is the 2019 free agent summer the biggest in NBA history? Okay, let me name off some of the free agents available. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Kemba Walker, Klay Thompson, Kawhi Leonard. Super stars. Then you've got guys like Jimmy Butler, D'Angelo Russell, Chris Middleton, Nikola Vucevic, Tobias Harris, Malcolm Brogdon. These are stars in their own right. And don't forget about guys like Rudy Gay, DeMarcus Cousins, Paul Millsap, and J.J. Redick. This free agency roster is stacked. In the list of players that I defined as superstars earlier, you've got 28 all-star game appearances, four scoring titles, all by Durant, seven championships, one MVP award, and three finals MVP awards, all up for grabs. In 2018, the biggest free agents were LeBron, Durant, and Paul George. In 2017, you had to choose between Blake Griffin and Gordon Hayward. 2016 brought us LeBron Durant and then a smattering of guys like Mike Conley and DeMar DeRozan. 2015 was kind of fun with LeBron, LaMarcus Aldridge, Marcus Saul, and DeAndre Jordan, which we won't talk about. But none of those free agency lists compare to this year's list. The last time this many high-profile stars were free agents was in 2010, and we remember how that turned out and how that changed the course of the NBA. I mean, take the championship results out of it, That was when the narrative shifted to stacked all-star game lineups, intentionally. Yes, the Spurs draft well and always have a great team. The Celtics of old rolled out a Hall of Fame lineup, but again, they happened to draft well. And the Warriors had actually built their teams pretty organically up to that point. 
Ever since 2010, the gloves have come off. Teams are hoarding talent without any regard for competition or fairness, if you want to take it there. That summer was huge. But that was really just about three guys teaming up on one team. The odds of that happening this summer are slim, though I wouldn't rule out a Kawhi Durant-Jimmy Butler pairing because that's just the way the NBA is now. Although the narrative might not be the same, the shockwaves could be just as large, if not larger. If Durant goes east, that changes the playbook for the Rockets, Thunder, Spurs, and anyone else looking to contend. If Kawhi comes back west, the conference is suddenly even more difficult than it already is, and half the teams might give up and start the tankathon in early August. If Clay Thompson and Kemba Walker team up, you've got a new team on the block that can run with anyone. All of those things change trajectories on a huge scale. But there's a chance for not just one of those things to happen, but for all of them to happen within a few days of each other. There's a good chance that next year's NBA could be totally different. And the best part is that nobody knows what will happen. No one really knows where Kevin Durant will end up. No one knows if Kawhi is happy in Toronto or not. No one knows if Klay Thompson even wants to leave the Warriors or if Kemba Walker has even thought about leaving the Hornets. And that's not even taking into consideration the uncertainty surrounding Kyrie Irving, Jimmy Butler, and Chris Middleton. All of these are huge decisions. When the dust settles in late July or early August, the Warriors might not be on top of the world anymore. The Knicks might suddenly look like a powerhouse, and on-the-verge teams like the Raptors, Bucks, and Sixers might not be so close to the tipping point as they are now. The fact is, it's going to be fun. We'll be talking about this free agent summer for several years, that's for sure. Maybe all the pieces will fall right back into the same place as they are now, or maybe the Mavs will suddenly be championship favorites next year. We can hope. So, that being said... What do you think will happen this summer, and how do you think that will affect the NBA? What chances do the Mavs have of landing any of these guys? Download the Anchor.fm app or click the link in the description to send us an audio message with your response or comment on the YouTube video or send us a message on Twitter. So, Martin, speaking of the Mavs, if this summer is as pivotal as some people think it is, does that also make it the most important summer for the Mavericks? No. <laughs> My answer to the question is no, because it's Luca's second season. It's your first season with Porzingis. Now, if this were 10 years into Luca and Porzingis and you haven't won anything and you had big names like this that were free agents and you had the money, then I would say, yes, okay, this is one of the most important, if not the most important free agency. But I don't think this one is as pivotal for the Mavs. I think they have time. They yeah. have a window here to build uh, a championship team for the Mavs. That doesn't mean I don't want them to to whiff on this free agency class. I want them to sign some players, but if they don't, I don't think it's the end of the world. I do think that getting Porzingis really takes the pressure off yeah. this summer. That is their free agent signing, yeah. essentially. Because before that, it was like, all the chips mm -hmm. were, I mean, all the eggs were in this basket as usual. That's the way it is every summer. But getting Porzingis is like, okay, you have you have some breathing room. My only point would be that like guys of this caliber are not available very often. But you have them already with Luca and Porzingis. Yeah. So yeah. Luca's on the path of being a Kevin Durant, LeBron, Paul George type player who is one of the best in the league. Porzingis, when healthy, was 
on his way there as well. So I think they already have that guy. Now they need to bring in guys that complement and work well with them too. Uh, I don't know if it necessarily has to be a superstar talent. So, okay, there's a couple, like the big name guys I mentioned, um, Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, Kyrie Irving. What are the odds that the Mavs even get a meeting with those guys or that they sign them? I don't think, I don't even think they're trying. I think it, it the writing's already on the wall where these guys are going. Clay has kind of made it clear he wants to stay in Golden State. Whether that happens or not, you know, we'll have to wait and see. But chances are he's going to stay in Golden State. Yeah. It seems like everybody seems to know that Kevin Durant is going to New York, <laughs> except Kevin Durant, which he probably already knows that too. He just hasn't said anything, or, or obviously he's not going to make it public right now. But I think Kevin Durant's going to New York. Um, what was the Kyrie. other guy you mentioned? Kyrie is not coming to Dallas. I do not want Kyrie Irving in Dallas anyways. Um Kawhi Leonard. This I think really depends on the championship. Because if they win, you you can't leave. We just know. Yeah. I mean, Kawhi wanted originally the rumors were he wanted the bigger market so he can quote unquote expand his brand, brand. which to be honest, Kawhi doesn't have a brand. He doesn't have that kind of personality. He's not outgoing. He's not he's not as infectious personality wise as a LeBron or a Steph. Yeah, he's kind of you know, he has a brand mm-hmm. in that he's like the anti-brand. Yeah, you know? but, you know, the, the, the kind of guy that he wants to be, according to, you know, rumors and stuff. He's just not that guy. Right, and and take LeBron, for example. He's in Cleveland, but he's still on ESPN, all the highlights. He's constantly being talked about because it's LeBron James, not because of who he plays for or where he plays. And Kawhi, if he were that kind of player personality-wise, it wouldn't matter where he's at. He's going to be world famous. And so I don't think he has that kind of personality. But if that's his ultimate dream is to, (laughs) you know, star in Shazam 3 or whatever, (laughs) then, yeah, he can go to the Clippers and fine, and and he'll be sorely disappointed that he's still not as famous as some of these other guys. Um, Yeah, and then... As but far before we get on, obviously, oh, okay. if you have a one percent chance of getting Kawhi, you have to go. You for You think it. so? Yes. Yeah. Even if it's zero percent with Kevin Durant. Yeah. With Kawhi, I think there is a one percent chance, and I think you have to go for it because you never know. And at least Dallas is top five as far as markets, and so he, he'd be getting that. But you know. That's 99% chance he doesn't come here. Yeah. I mean, I hadn't even thought about pitching to Kawhi, but... I don't think they will. Yeah. But if 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 Kawhi comes out and says, hey, there's six teams I'm thinking about... And the Mavs are And the Mavs the are one of them. Well, yeah, you definitely yeah, you are going to pitch everything you can. But if you're not on that list, then you can just move on. Yeah. Yeah. So the big name guys like, you know, Kyrie, Durant, Clay Thompson, I don't think the Mavs have a chance at those, no matter what anyone says. Um, there's also Kemba Walker... Um, Chris Middleton, those are the two guys they've been linked to a lot. I don't, we're not really going to get into that just because it's been talked to death by everybody mm-hmm. else. Um, I don't think there's a chance they get Middleton because I think the Bucks would be stupid to let him go. Kemba Walker, okay, maybe. I think they have a chance at Kemba. I'm still skeptical about the fit with mm-hmm. Dallas, but like we talked about before, if Carlisle and Donnie say, perfect fit with Luca, yeah. then we're just going to trust that's them. all but it takes 
again, the big name guys we can talk about another time because Mavs don't really have a good history with them. If they get Kemba, great. There's a whole bunch of other free agents that can really impact the Mavericks. Yeah, so that's what you know we wanted to talk about in this episode because, like I said, you know we all know Kemba and Chris Middleton. There's so much that has been said and written and, and talked about with them, um, but there's actually a lot of lesser known and and less expensive free agents that could really make a huge impact for the Mavs this summer. Um, and so we have a list of like, I don't know, 10 guys here, um, but there's like a plan A list. There's three guys on it that, I don't know, I think we kind of feel like they should go after these guys just number one, like not even as a, oh crap, that didn't work out. But like mm-hmm. these should be the guys they actually target at midnight or, you know, 6 p.m. Um, so the first guy, Malcolm Brogdon, mm-hmm. and you think he's actually like this could actually work and that maybe the Chris Middleton rumors, that's just blowing smoke. Yeah. Well, I don't think the Mavs and I don't know, I'm not in their front office, obviously I wish I was, but I'm not, but uh, they have said repeatedly in the past that if there's rumors about them on linked to a particular player, chances are it's not true. But Mark Stein, who has a very good reputation has leaked the fact that the Mavericks are interested in Kemba and Chris Middleton. Personally, I think that's just the Mavs putting pressure on the Bucks to make sure that they max Middleton out because what that will do, they've already paid Bledsoe, unfortunately. They signed him yeah. to that huge extension. That didn't work out. So that leaves Malcolm Brogdon, and I think if you offer just enough for Malcolm Brogdon, the Bucks may not match it just because of the amount of investment they have in Chris Middleton Eric Bledsoe, and Giannis. And they also have Brooke Lopez, who's a free agent. So by just enough, are you saying that Brogdon is not a max guy? I, you know, if, if, if you have to, I guess you have to. But you you won't know that. You don't. You'd have to offer it. Well, you'd have to have some kind of inkling or, or some information from, yeah. yeah, from Milwaukee side or, or rumors or whatever that, there's they have a number that they're not going to go past. Um, if you offer him the max, like it would hurt to give Brogdon <laughs> a max contract, but I think Brogdon is a, a, going to be a really good player. Is he worth a max? Absolutely not. But if you have him, then you have him, yeah. and at that point you can decide. And and the money that Luca really would be getting anyways once he's eligible for his first extension, that's just going to be going to Malcolm. Yeah. Well, and I think. You know, we talk about player value. Mm -hmm. There's so much that goes into player value. I Mm -hmm. mean, there's what he does on the court, okay, which Brogdon averaged 15 and a half points, four and a half rebounds, three assists. He's also an amazing defender. We saw that um, in the playoffs. He had a 50-40-90 season this past year. So on the court, great. Maybe not worth a max, but great. But player value is also determined by you know, market value, demand, and also fit. And we've talked about that, how Brockton would be the perfect fit next to Luca because mm-hmm. he can shoot, he can create a shot if he needs to. We know how important that is with Carlisle. Um, and he's a great defender. And Luca, I mean, he's not a bad defender. People say that, but he's not an he's awful not, defender. He's not actually when yeah. you look, yeah. But it would be nice to have a guy who is definitely a lockdown defender just to have it. Maybe, you know, Luca can focus more on offense. I mean, we saw this with Dirk. Like, Dirk was never a terrible defender, but 
they had to have a guy just because, you know, he wasn't Mm -hmm. an all defensive player. And I think Brogdon, because of that, his fit, what he does on the court and demand, I think a max is what you'd have to give him. I, yeah, I mean, if, if that's what it takes to get him away from Milwaukee, again, I like you said, I think he is the perfect fit with uh, Lucas. The perfect size at 6'5", I believe he's listed as. Um, uh, yeah, 6'5", six, uh, yeah, So he can guard the one or the two, or really even the three if the team is running out there with a, a smaller three. Six, I mean, he was guarding Kawhi mm-hmm. a lot. It was Chris Middleton and, and uh, Malcolm Brogdon guarding Kawhi. So they have a lot of trust in them in him in, in Milwaukee to guard the three. So he can rotate because of his size. He can guard any one of those positions and he is an excellent defender. He's a, a, a legit three and D guy who yeah. can make plays. His efficiency um, is, is off the charts. I mean, one of seven seasons or something like that, where it's 50, 40, 90, yeah. the other guys are like Steve Nash, Steph Curry, Dirk Nowitzki and Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah. So if you're in the same list as them, you're good. And his numbers go up every year. Yeah. That's so, what I was about to point out is this is his third year. This he's will be still his fourth year very next year. Young, yes. And he's gotten better every year. Like you said, he's a legit three and D guy. Mm-hmm. Like not, he's actually what Wesley Matthews was supposed to be. He's actually that guy. I um, thought we agreed never to say <laughs> that name again. But like, he's actually that, you know, he shot for his career. He's shooting almost 41% from the three point line. Um, he's a very good free throw shooter. There's just yeah. there's really nothing bad about him. He's not a superstar, but there's really nothing wrong with yeah, him. Yeah, and I, I know a lot of people listening probably are like flipping out Malcolm Brogdon, a max contract. A couple things to keep in mind. His max is not True. a Kemba max or a Durant max. It's not the $40 million or whatever that these guys qualify for. Uh, secondly, just because you don't know his name, doesn't mean he's not really good. We don't get a lot of Milwaukee games here in Dallas, but the guy can flat out play, and I think he's a perfect sidekick or or person to put next to Luca uh, to help Luca's game out. So yeah, if you got to give him the max, I think you you just have to do it because you got to start getting quality players in, and once you have them, you have them, and, and you can move yeah. forward with and decide what you're going to do with the rest of your money. Yeah, so I would really like for them to go after Brogdon as like that should be their plan A because I don't think Middleton is going to happen and Kemba. It's been talked about. I don't. I don't really know what the odds are, but Brogdon I think could happen. I would really like for them to go after him. Another guy that you really like like is Boyan Bogdanovich. He plays for the Pacers. Now you think he is probably going to get a max or something close to um, it? No, I don't think he'll get a max. Okay. Um. I think he'll he'll have to be paid, but I don't think he's going to get a max because he's a euro and there's a stigma, <laughs> all this you know just because of that, and you know if if Jimmy Butler who averages eighteen five and five, people are like oh yeah max you got to give him a max yeah. Ma- uh, Mal- Boyan Bogdanovich uh, yeah. eighteen five and five oh no <laughs> like why like and he's like the number one three point shooter in the league. So yeah. I don't think he'll get a max, but I think he's going to get paid. Now, again, a lot of this depends on the direction the Mavs are going to be going in. Because um, Bogdanovich adds another big He's dude. a small forward. Yeah, yeah. And last year, Luka played the three a lot. Well, he played the one on offense, the yeah. three on defense. Yeah, positionally. And, and so, so you had two other guards. Yes. So if that's what Carlisle wants to, wants to do... 
he doesn't really fit the, in with that. I think the Mavs need a, a guard and a wing. And not so much for the offensive side, but more for the defensive side. So that way Luka can play the worst wing on the <laughs> other team. And then you can have a wing either. It was like last year was Dorian Finney-Smith for a lot of the season or Wes Matthews. And a point guard like Jalen Brunson or Dennis Smith who can guard the opposing team's yeah. positions, you know, like positions. And Bogdanovich kind of throws a a wrench into that because you kind of have to put him on one of the worst yeah. defender or offensive players. Now he's actually a, a pretty decent defender just like Luke. Yeah, but you gotta have lockdown defenders at some point. Yeah. Because you're gonna have to be guarding Kawhi and Kevin Durant and you can't put Luca and and Bogdanovich on them. The only thing I would say for the whole like lockdown defense is that I feel like it's not quite like that anymore. Um, because you know, the um the Bucks have some of the best defenders in the league. Giannis, Middleton, um, Brogdon is also a really good defender, Eric Bledsoe. And it didn't really make a difference. Well, mostly because they couldn't score. But, I mean, they played that tough defense, but they couldn't score. Yes, but that's because they didn't have that one-on-one guy. Yeah. And Kawhi that's or... who you need to guard. And they didn't have that. Like, they, they were able to kind of put um, what do you Giannis. Mean by, by one-on-one? You mean one-on-one defensively or offensively. one-on-one? Offensively. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. Giannis, as great as he is, well, he he's still learning. Yeah, yeah, he can't shoot, and he's still learning how to be that, give me the ball, get out of my way, I'm going to score for us. Kind of like Kawhi can do. Yeah. They didn't have that, and so their defense, when it was locked down, it was truly locked down because they didn't have to worry about guarding Kawhi yeah. or LeBron on the other side. And that's why Milwaukee's defense, as good as it was, and that's why we talk about all the time that defense doesn't really win championships. It's making shots yeah. that win championships. But you got to make it as hard as possible for the opposing team. Well, and another thing I'd say is like the Raptors, I mean, obviously Kawhi is a great defender. and They have some good defenders, Danny Green too, but they played really good team, team defense. defense. Yeah. And I'd say the Warriors is a lot the same way. I mean, they do have... Draymond uh, Green and Iguodala, but they play really good team defense. Yeah, and typically when you're in the conference finals, at that point, all the four remaining teams are all good at defense. Yeah, true. They can all play defense. Now it's just a matter of who can score regardless of how good your yeah. defense is. And that's probably why the Raptors beat Milwaukee because they, they had a guy score. that can score regardless of how good your defense was. Yeah. And uh, so that's – but you got to have guys that can – you can throw at. You got to make it as difficult as possible uh, for those guys. So you think Bog, uh, Bogdanovich, because of his defense, maybe isn't well. Not so much his defense. It's just his fit, his size. Like oh, okay. if he's going to play the three, then yeah, it's kind of a defensive liability. But if he plays the four, well, then you know you have the mismatch at that point. But then you move Porzingis to the five. I don't think he wants to play the five. Yeah. And I don't think the Mavericks really want him at the five because then you have zero rebounding. With all due respect to Porzingis, he's never been a, a big rebounding guy. Um, yeah, and I think they really like Dwight Powell, even though he opted love out. Dwight yeah, Powell, I'm pretty sure he's. I mean, he was working out this summer with yeah, Luca and he's Carlisle, resigning. so he's coming yeah. back. Um, and I so I think he's probably going to start at the five, Porzingis yes. at the four. So and that's part of this like looking at free agents is that we kind of have to guess, like you said, the position they're going in. But in some ways, we already know. Yeah. So, so I, I think a, a secondary ball handler 
guard and a wing is what they're going for. And that means Brogdon would be the other wing next to Luca. Yeah. And then you would need the guard. And obviously, I don't know if you want to get into him yet, but the, the rumors of Patrick Beverly. Yeah. And I think the Mavs, they're looking defensively. Their lineup would be Patrick Beverly at the one, Malcolm Brogdon at the two, Luca, Porzingis, and Dwight Powell. Now, offensively, you throw all that out the window because Luke is <laughs> going to be the primary yeah. ball handler. But Beverly doesn't have to have the ball. And he can make big shots when need to, but he's out there to guard the other guy's point guard. Yeah, he's really out there just to be Defend, a tough yeah. defender. And yeah. Yeah. Your secondary ball handler is going to be Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah. And he's also a good defender. So if they go that route, then that's what I think they're looking for is a secondary ball handler and a wing. Yeah. I So I've said this before just in us talking about it. The idea of Patrick Beverly, at first, I was just like, I do not want him on the team. Just because I don't like him as a player. Well, really as a, I don't want to say as a person. It's not like I know him <laughs> as a person. But he just, sometimes he does things that make him look like a dirty player. And I'm not, and sometimes I think he does it unintentionally or he's just careless, like he's too aggressive. And to me, that's almost just as bad because I feel like there should be a line that just as a person you don't cross because yeah. you wouldn't want someone to do that to you. And so I think even though he's not out there like, you know, doing anything outright, I think it's still a dirty play because he's being so careless and he's doing things that are getting guys injured. Mm -hmm. And so just all of that, I'm not, I just don't like it. My only thing with that is it only appears to happen against Russell not, Westbrook. Well, okay. Yeah. I've never seen him I mean, anybody the thing else with Dennis Smith when he knocked his tooth yeah, out. Yeah, but that was kind of a freak. Like he I mean, he, he pile-drived him with his <laughs> elbow. Did you see that play? Well, when you don't like a player, you're biased on how you view the play. I mean, okay, so then that was those are my feelings and, and we then, didn't like Dennis Smith anyway, so break all the teeth <laughs> out that you want. And then like Okay, now that the rumors keep going, I've had to sort of accept that he might actually come here. And so I'm trying to warm up to the idea. And in some ways, like, yes, he is actually a very tough defender. Whether the numbers show that he's actually a good defender, I don't know. But he's, you know, he's a pest and he works hard. Another thing is he's actually a really good three-point shooter. Yeah. Which I didn't realize, like, his last four years, it's 40%, 38%, 40%, 39%. Yeah. So that's a, a three and D guy as well. So if you have him and Brogdon, so now you have Beverly and Brogdon, both 40% three-point shooters. And good defenders. And good defenders. Well, yeah. With Luca and Porzingis, then, <laughs> you know, I think uh, that might work. The go ahead. The only thing that I kind of worry about is that neither one of those guys can, like, really make a play with the ball. I talked about earlier how Malcolm Brogdon can, mm -hmm. but not every other play and Carlisle really likes to have two two guys that can run with the ball which is one reason why that people think Kimball Walker would be such a good fit but yeah that would be my only concern is that there, there's not enough playmaking from Carlisle's point of well, view well I think Brogdon can be that guy but you also have Porzingis who yes p part of being a playmaker is making your own shot getting your own shot and uh, Porzingis, 
is going to be a guy you give the ball to and he makes a play, whether it's mm-hmm. him getting a yeah. shot or getting an open shot for another player, a lot like Dirk. So you have Porzingis out there. He's a legit playmaker, a legit scorer with Luka. I think Brogdon can be that guy uh, as well, especially as he's going into his fourth season. The league is probably going to become a little bit slower for mm-hmm. him. Yeah. His mind on the, you know, on how to play the game is going to be a little bit better. And I think he's a little better than we know, truly know about him because we just don't watch a lot of Milwaukee's games. So, but yeah, you're right. I mean, obviously having Clay or Chris Middleton who are proven playmakers would be better, but they're not getting those guys. Oh yeah, no, definitely not. You know, who, who can they get? And I think a, a, a starting lineup going into next year, with Beverly, Brogdon, Luka, Porzingis, and Powell. I like that, yeah. yeah. They're not winning a championship, maybe. Or, you know, maybe that Carlisle <laughs> put something together. But they're going to be a really good team. And yeah. I think they can win 50 games. And I think they can be in the playoffs. And, and not just a low-seeded playoff team. Because Luka and Porzingis themselves, theoretically, should make them a playoff team. Yeah, I mean, if they got those guys, you can't have that much talent and not make the playoffs. You know, it just doesn't happen. Um, Okay, so those are our plan A guys. Um, Our plan B guys, if that stuff doesn't work out, um, they include guys like Goran Dragic, um, Rudy Gay, Danny Green, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. I'd say those are probably our our plan B guys. Yeah, and I think, honestly... I think you bring in Dragic anyways. Just because. And, and <laughs> imagine JJ and Dragic coming off your bench. Yeah. You know, because Devin Harris, he's a free agent. I don't know. Do you think he's coming back? They're going to probably sign him, but he's probably not going to play much. Yeah. Unless yeah. they get nobody else. But I think, yeah. man, having JJ and Dragic out there on your second yeah. unit, and, and both of those guys can play, like Dragic will probably still play a lot closing the game just because yeah. he's he's been a, a good playmaker. And that's where Beverly would kind of, he would stay on the bench while Dragic is out there. Yeah. Um, he'd kind of turn into your six-man role with him and, and Berea. So I think you bring in Dragic anyways, plus the obvious factor of he, him and yeah. Luca. Yeah, I think off the bench, um, veteran point guard, he's still good. Uh, let me look at his numbers for last year. He mm-hmm. averaged almost 14 points. When he was injured basically yeah. all last year. But yeah, so I mean, coming off the bench, and then like you said, he's played with Luca, so that fit works. Yeah. Um, I just I just like and the idea. You also got to consider maybe even him as your starting point guard next year. I know defensively, uh, obvious. I mean, we automatic if because... If they get Patrick Beverly? No. Okay. No, no, no. Like... Uh, now, if if you get Patrick Beverly, then then Dragic is going to come off the bench. But I think Dragic would end up being the guy closing the game. At the end the game. of the games, yeah. Um, but I think you might consider now, depending on who other, the other wing is. Yeah. You know, and if you get a dynamite lockdown defender at your other wing, then you might bring in Dragic anyways, because then that does solve that problem of a guy who can create his own yeah. shot. He has done it consistently consistently throughout his his whole career and uh so yeah i think you might even consider doing that just because uh not just because of the the luca factor which is a big factor but because he's actually a good player he had a bad season which is unfortunate for him yeah 
and he's getting a little older, but he's a really good player. I think he'd be a luxury to have. Like I would oh, just, yeah. I would just like to have him. Yeah. I've always liked him ever since he was a rookie. His I wish the Mavs would have got him a long time ago. I know well, yeah. when the Heat got him. Yes. I wanted him. Or that even summer. when uh, when the Rockets got him. Yeah. Uh, originally from the Suns. Yeah. I, I wish the, the Mavericks would have gotten him a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, I've wanted him for pretty much his yeah. whole career. And so I'd like to have him just just because the fit, he's good, he can make plays um, for injuries or closing the game, like whatever it is, mm-hmm. I just think he, he fits in. Um, Danny Green, so this is sort yeah. of in the same vein of like um, Malcolm Brogdon and just yeah. he's a really good defender and he's a good three-point shooter. And I think Danny Green is the kind of guy that you get if you got Kemba mm. because then you don't have to worry about giving him the ball at all to make plays. Like he he's just out there to spread the floor and to hit open threes when he gets them, but you don't have to run plays for him. You don't have to do anything for him. But you have Kemba and Luka to be your playmakers, and then Denny Green's out there to defend and be a three-point shooter. The only problem with Green right now is that he's not shooting three. Like, for this postseason, he's shooting 31% on threes. Yeah, he's had some... Well, this might be good for the Mavs, though. Yeah. Because then his stock is going to go down. But yeah. he's had some, some of the most historic slumps. Oh, yeah. And also historic highs. Yeah. I mean, he was in the 40% range from... And and you know what he could easily get out of that slump Bust out during of the, the finals, final, which and, would be awesome. Yeah, because then <laughs> well then not they'll for beat the Mavs, the, but yeah, yeah but, to watch would yeah, be awesome. It'll be the Warriors, hopefully. Yeah, for his career, he's shooting forty percent, so that's yeah. solid. So I think he's good. If you have, you don't want Patrick Beverly and Danny Green because then neither one of that's, those guys yeah. can make a play with the ball consistently. So if you had Kemba though, then I think Danny Green would be a really good fit. Um. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie was a guy you had talked about. Yeah. I mean, if he can be a full-time starter. Yeah. I say he's more like plan C. Yeah. He's kind of a weird player. Like he's, he's, he's not good enough to be a go-to guy consistently as a starter, but he's a little too good to be coming off the bench, but then he's not good enough for him to be a primary ball handler but then he's too good yeah so he's like you know what do you do with this with this guy so he's got talent you just kind of have to figure out the it's just fit. not a fit here yeah yeah i personally don't see a fit here okay and then uh two other guys i'd say these guys might be plan c seth curry and Derek rose Seth Curry, I just I wish they had never let him go yeah. the first time. Yeah, I think they offered him, but I think the Blazers the, offered him a little more bit more. Something, yeah. yeah. Or maybe that was Yogi. I don't remember, but and you know, it's not like he's very good, but just he was good for the Mavericks yeah. mostly because that you know Car- he's a Carlisle yeah. guy, um, and then Derek Rose obviously because he's really turned things around. I would love to have Derek Rose. I don't think they're getting him. But it's him, so but, scary well, to yeah. sign him because of the injury history. Yeah. And, but obviously, I mean, D. Rose would be a great pickup, especially at this point in his career. He, I think he's kind of accepted. Who he he's, is. Yes. Yeah. He's not the number one guy anymore. So Luca, so that, that kind of helps him, though, because that takes that burden off of him. And, uh, you know... I don't know. They're, I don't think they they have any interest in Derrick Rose. But if you strike out on everybody else, 
what is it gonna yeah, hurt? Yeah, I'm thinking you know? like um like the Monte Ellis signing. Yeah. That was when they didn't get anybody else. It was sort of late into free agency, and then all of a sudden, boom, they signed Ellis for eleven million. Yeah. And it was like that actually kind of worked out for yeah, them. Yeah, so you know, and that would actually be a pretty potent dyna- you know, yeah, duo I mean, or trio aver- with him yeah. and, and Luca and, and Porzingis. He averaged eighteen points a game last year. Um, the ACL that was in 2013, which was almost seven years How ago. How many games did he play last year, though? He played 51. So, so he still missed a lot of time. Yeah, but true. it was various injuries like ankle. Yeah. I think he missed some time with ankle. Um, he hasn't played more than 65 games since 2011. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's why I would stay away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but a one-year deal, I'd like to have him. Yeah. If it, like I said, if you get nobody else, fine. Um, okay, one guy that we haven't talked about because maybe he's not a good fit, but before we really, really wanted him, and that was Julius Randle. Do you think now with Porzingis, he's not really a good fit anymore? Well, because, I mean, yeah, because you have Porzingis, there's really just not a fit with Julius Randle. He can't really play the center on a winning team. He played the center a lot last year with... Anthony Davis, but that was just kind of at at a necessity. Because Davis wouldn't play the center. Well, yeah, exactly. And it's like <laughs> Why not? Yeah, because just play there's whatever. This, there's whatever this works. Negative stigma about the center position. And it's well, and because if you're listed as a center, you can't start in the All Star game. game. Yeah. That's and what I so, was thinking. I think you know, it was about All Star game. But he refused to even play the position offensively and defensively. Like, okay, be listed as a forward, but just play the center. Well, role. he said that. I think he. I think they said that he would play it, but they could not announce, announce him yes. as yeah, that. Yeah. So, but Julius Randle is such a weird player. Like he can go out there and get you twenty and ten, but it doesn't contribute to wins you know he's not helping the team win and i think now that you have porzingis um you kind of just move on from the randall train yeah so i think plan a would be brogdon and patrick beverly and then you have luca at the three playing point on offense let's be clear plan a of well it's basically okay plan a is actually clay thompson Tobias Harris, Tobias Harris, Chris, Chris Middleton, Middleton, one of those guys. Kemba Walker. Yeah. We don't believe they're going to get any of them. Yeah. So plan A A. Yeah. Is or plan A B. Plan A B is Patrick Beverly, Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah. And maybe even Drogic coming off the bench. Yeah. And then plan C would be who cares? Yeah. Because, at that point, yeah. you know, you, <laughs> you might, might as well, well just start Jalen Brunson, yeah. see what he can well, turn into. And that was one guy we didn't talk about through all of it. We talked about a lot of guards, but I mean, they actually have Jalen Brunson who, who played had a well, really good rookie season. Yeah, as yeah. A, and as a starter, he was um, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I'd have to look at the splits, but I mean, it wouldn't be like worst case scenario yeah. if Brunson was starting next year. Now, I mean, they're not going to be like a great team, but, but it depends on the other wing. That's True, really because yeah. the, one of the biggest problems for the Mavs was Wes Matthews, Dorian Finney-Smith. Like, literally, that's how bad Wes Matthews was when Dorian <laughs> Finney-Smith was in the discussion. Hey, he should be starting. Yeah. And then when he got consistent starting job minutes, he kind of wasn't, wasn't really good. good. So yeah. that other wing position is a huge hole for the Mavericks, I, I think. I think Brunson can fill that point guard role. And it, really, he's might even be better than Patrick Beverly. So yeah, we don't really know yet. We don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that other wing role 
that Malcolm Brogdon, Middleton, and I'll dare I say Jimmy Butler oh, wing yeah. position. We didn't talk about Jimmy Butler. You know, <laughs> that I think is a really big hole for the Mavericks because we had Wes Matthews and Dorian Finney-Smith and Ryan Brokoff and who else? You know, played minutes know, with yeah. Justin Jackson. We were just throwing guys Just, out there. Oh yeah, Justin yeah. We were throwing Jackson. them out there. It's been so long. Yeah, yeah. I um, I don't know. Well, so let's say they only got Malcolm Brogdon and they didn't get anybody else. It's a win, really. Because yeah. at that point, I'm almost like, eh, I mean, I kind of rather would just hold it. But you still got Jalen. I mean, yeah, basically, true. you're instead of Patrick Beverly, you're going with Jalen Brunson, yeah. Malcolm Brogdon, Luca. It's not the worst yeah. thing ever. I mean, Brogdon is a 50-40-90 guy. He averaged 15 points a game. He is a lockdown defender. He can shoot the three lights out. He can make a play if he needs to. And he's been on winning teams. Yeah. So, you know, and he's only gotten better every year. What if next year, instead of 15, it's 17? 17 points a game, and he's around 50-40-90 again. I doubt he'll do that again, but let's say he does. Yeah. Then, yeah, I think a, a max deal is is worth it. And then when his contract is expiring, that's about when Lucas will be time to renego or extend, and and then you give Luca all that money. Yeah, I think it's a lot of my skepticism comes from the fact that I just haven't seen them with Porzingis. Like when I think of the team, I think of the team that I saw play, yes. which wasn't Porzingis. It was garbage. So I keep thinking like ah Brogdon, that's not really going to move the needle. But it, like I forget they have Porzingis. Yeah, and I think you also want to think about. Another big, unless you're going to re-sign Maximilian Kleber, <laughs> um, but another big to come off because, you know, Porzingis isn't going to be able to play 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll need somebody to Especially fill. Especially right off the bat yeah. since he hasn't played basketball in two years. Yeah, so you'll need to fill some minutes with quality play. So you might want to look at some available backup bigs. And uh, if Kleba is one of them, then, you you know, you're going to have to bring somebody else in to take some of those minutes. Maybe, like you mentioned, Todd Gibson might yeah. be a guy that they can they Or can Enos sign. Cantor. Or Cantor, yeah. Somebody that can come in off the bench and uh, take some of those minutes yeah, away. Yeah, to where you won't get killed yeah, when, when, when he in. leaves. Yeah, like court, I'm not yeah. – Cantor is – he's so up and down. Like sometimes yeah. the league loves him and sometimes he sucks. Well, he, he can help you win a game. Yeah. At any game, all of a sudden he can have a huge game, or he won't hurt. He won't. Right. Yeah, he won't hurt you. Like you won't but lose you don't a game. Have to rely him. on him. And yeah. if if he comes off your bench, or he's just a, a piece in the cog, and you don't have to rely on him, like Portland had to rely on him once yeah. uh, Nurkic. Nurkic went down, and he had some great games and great moments, which he can do, but consistently over the long period yeah, of a, a season he, is, he can't yeah. do that but he can come off the bench and help you win a couple of games and there'll be a, t- a game where he's killing it Porzingis can get some rest while he, while he's out there destroying it yeah so basically there are a lot of options this summer i don't think they're going to get any of those big name guys i think of the big name guys probably Kemba Walker they had the best chance at um but outside of them there's a lot of lesser known and also less expensive options that they could go after. So those are our thoughts on free agency this summer. We also want to hear what you guys think. So like I said, um, you can follow us on Twitter at Dallas Hoopscast. Um, also check the link in the description or go to anchor.fm slash Dallas Hoops Fancast. If you have the anchor.fm app, you can use that too. And send us 
an audio message. Um, let us know who you want the Mavs to go after. If it's a big name guy, tell us why. If it's a lesser known guy, tell us who you think they should go after um, and who you think they'll actually get this summer. But again, make sure to follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at Dallas Hoops Fancast. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Can I promise tomorrow in this little shop of ours? Knock, knock, 